in swinger. Oh, oh and the goal! The Republic of Ireland oh. have scored! John Egan with his first ever international goal! What a moment for Stephen Kenny! Full live commentary of the Republic of Ireland against Lithuania this Tuesday on OTB Sports Radio. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. You know, that wasn't an All-Ireland winning performance. Probably should have won the game based on the second half performance. Is it a step too far to say it was the performance so far of the World Cup? Maybe not. OTBAN's performance rankings with Gillette. I'm, I'm, I'm scratching my head. That performance is just lacked that intensity. Ooh, all right, we're going green for the morning. And uh, also because Tommy Rooney's here. Tommy, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning, Johnny. Good morning, Jer. How are you both doing? Well, you know, that'd be better if I'd had a uh, morning double espresso, but apart from that, I was good. How are you? Oh, I, I can imagine. I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'm very sorry to hear about your Achilles. That is nasty. Yeah, I didn't realise it was actually, it becomes sore to the touch. That's that's so annoying. Yeah. Anyway, should look. Yeah. Uh, there are real athletes to talk about this morning. And how this works is every week we, we ask you on Instagram the night before to see if uh, you have any views about who should be in the red, who should be in the amber, who should be in the green. Red's had a bad weekend, amber's had a work. We can't quite decide yet. The jury is out and green is, yeah, it's all systems go. And uh, if you went to the competition, you could be in for a Gillette Labs starter pack. In the meantime, what have we got this week? Who is in the red? I think Johnny's going to bring us to these. Are you, Johnny? The red is the dubs, yeah. So the dubs, um, I, was, I, was, I didn't have time this morning, A, to get Jarrah coffee, B, to finish my toast, <laughs> and C, to find out what odds Dublin would have been to lose five games and to get relegated. And, uh, you know, it, the, 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 the circumstances in Clonus were amazing because they, they rallied back with, obviously, a Dean Rock uh, pe- penalty and um, Jack McCarran, who had an unbelievable game, Wins it at the end, and uh, you're, you're. I don't know, Tommy. Are Dublin like Dublin were three to one to win the All Ireland um, about two weeks ago, and that roughly means that bookmakers think they've a give or take about a twenty percent chance to win the All Ireland, which is an incredible state of affairs from where we've been at in the hegemony of the last few years. But was do you think yesterday was a kind of a I don't know, like a step back in terms of the apparent progress they were making in the league where they were like, okay, they're getting ready for the championship. Because defensively, they just look really open. Before he answers that, they're still 3-1. to one. That's the thing. They're still 3-1, to one, yeah. I, so they're in the red. I, I think that um, I'm, I've been alone. I, I don't think there's that much wrong with Dublin at the moment. I think mm. that like they're in a, they are in a period of transition. This is a league campaign. These players have, some of the players <coughs> who aren't playing great at the moment have six, seven, a lot of medals. Like, does this really matter that much, Tommy? I think 3-1 to one isn't that far off where they should be, but I do actually think yesterday will have an impact here. I think yesterday adds to the scrutiny. Mm. I think it adds to the pressure that they're under. I think that if the dubs had pulled off kind of, sort of, what Philly McMahon predicted in his Indo column but got utterly wrong at the weekend, I think it would have done them the world of good. I think if Dublin had come back from six or seven points down, pulled a draw out of the bag or a win out of the bag and stayed up, that would have been massive. And they would have been able to point at it and all the ex-pros, the Paddy Andrews and the Philly McMahons of the world would have been able to say, look, they're building, they're getting there, get off their backs. It's a completely new team. But I think this only adds to the pressure that they're under. I do actually think that once they get their ship in order, because it's such an open year in the championship this year, the dubs are 3-1, it isn't that bad a shout. Like we know, like Leinster football is at its lowest step. Sure, Kildare 
had a great buzz about them and Kildare football was motoring really well. But that's a big blow for Kildare to go down yesterday as well. No Leinster football teams in Division 1. Realistically, we could have Leinster football in the red here today, lads. Mm. Loud or, or louder promoted. They're the only team really on the rise at the minute. Mead stagnated. Offaly went down. Leisure in Division 4. With Wexford and Wicklow and Carlo. Like, it's going to be very difficult for Dublin to... It's going to be very difficult for Dublin to get safe passage through to the All-Ireland quarter-final. What are the they going to do? Guaranteed. What yeah, are they going to the do for the next month and a half? Exactly. And a month after exactly. that. Like it's, it, it could be worth listening to Desi Farrell, Joe. We've got two short clips here of him talking to Stephen Doyle after a game of Clonus yesterday. So let's have a listen to the first clip here with Desi Farrell. Not the most concerning thing. I think uh, our disappointment is mostly based around... An inconsistent performance again, you know. We sort of put two two decent performances back to back. Now there's still work to do for sure, um, but you would have thought we were on a decent enough trajectory at that point. And then well, the second half was better. There was we were flat in the first half, and um, that's that's more disappointing, I think, in terms of quality of performance. Was obviously we're we're looking towards the summer at this point in time, you know. So. I think what's interesting as well, Tommy, is if you if you looked at like XG or whatever and put into the football, dissects the individual games Dublin have played, there have mm. been a lot of moments where um, things have just gone against them, like kind of fluky goals, goals, goals being disallowed. Again, yesterday it looks like Monaghan was it, they've been relegated three times in, in, in injury time at their last game, I think, yeah. Clerken said yesterday, and they, they pulled out the fire. But like the margins were so fine, like, and if Dublin did win yesterday, or even Drew or whatever, I think it would change the narrative. And just the fact that you're talking yeah. about a Jack McCarran point at the end has been... I, I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm in two minds about this because I think uh, Dublin, at one level, they're under an awful lot of scrutiny. At the other level, like they're three to one to win the Ireland when they've been odds on for the last like seven or eight years, I'd say. So they're yeah. they're, they're not even favourites anymore. So I think uh, I think that that in the fact that the camp has been doubted now um, might actually add to um, might help them in some respects. So they can go back now, chill out. People think that uh, people are saying that they're kind of they're gone at the game, they're a bit finished, and maybe they'll just come back and just like rattle through people in the. Ireland. I, the, the one thing that struck me last night just watching League Sunday was, you know, the intercounty game has been maligned a lot. It was so compelling. I mean, from first division, second division, particularly the first division, the games, so much quality as well. I thought the quality of the goals um, in Tyrone and Kerry from the, the kick passing to the the, mm. the the two outside of the foot passes for the two goals was just sensationally good. Ah. And, you know, for a game that like... A lot of people have been, like, even articles recently given out about the way Kerry were playing. Joe Brawley had an article. Um, I think the championship's been a great nick. Because you look at, there's a team from every province now um, who has a proper, proper chance to win the All-Ireland. But, like, Galway will fancy their chance against Mayo. Three or four teams in Ulster will think they can win Ulster. Um, and Leinster is more open, if, if it is open, it's more open than it's been in a while. So I, I think there's a lot to be positive about. Yeah, I think we, we, we're going to come back to that a little bit later on with um, yeah. with the GA coverage in the green. There's a second Desi clip you said, Tommy. Yeah. Now, th- this is this is very important, Jer, because we spoke about the importance of getting James McCarthy back and it utterly changed what Dublin looked like in Crow Park against Donegal. And just a note, Brian Howard and Niall Scully look so at home once more for the dubs in Crow Park against Donegal two weeks ago. I think that's a, a point well worth making as well when Johnny talks about them still being 3-1 for the All-Ireland. From here on in, the dubs are going to play in Crow Park mm. for the most part. And that is going to make a massive difference to them. If they don't get any more injuries and if they get... Conor Callaghan back. Let's hear what Desi had to say about where Conor's at. Desi, in terms of 
Hopefully he'll be at the Yeah, no, the we're, we're, we're looking forward to having come back very soon. Yeah. As inside the next two weeks, will, will he be, would you be confident he'll be available to come to start the championship? Yeah, he will. He will be available for sure, yeah. Right. Now, yeah, so James O'Donoghue now questioned this a couple of weeks ago. Paddy was talking about, um, you know, Con and James are going to be back and they're going to make a massive difference. And there's no doubt in that that they were. But James is like, you need to have two or three league games mm. under your belt and a couple of provincial games under your belt well, to be yeah. able to get up to 90%, 100%. Do you? Now, there's no it doubt. It is Leinster, though. 70, yeah. 70% Conor Callaghan absolutely makes a difference. 80% Conor Callaghan makes a difference to Dublin. But if Dublin are going to win the All-Ireland this year, they need Conor Callaghan operating somewhere close to 90 to 100%. He needs they haven't fo- got football of the year territory, right? That's what they need. Somebody to That's emerge... Good who would be a realistic contender at this stage yeah. for football of the year and they don't have anybody who's playing in that form at the moment no they don't like, like maybe Costello explodes into that you know he did have a very good game yesterday maybe Kieran Kilkenny stands up again um, you know it's, it's going to be it's going to be so interesting to watch I just think it adds Dubs getting ready to get it adds another layer of intrigue Johnny mentioned him at the top of the show like your Jack McCarron's performance was off the chart. The goal like, was, was like, the, honestly, I've, I've, I'm not sure I've seen a better goal, individual goal in Gaelic football in terms of the finish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't know if it's, if it's that high up, Johnny, but like, I, it's definitely amazing and it's definitely something worth celebrating. What I can't get my head around is whenever, like maybe I uh, lose the run of myself a little bit with GA goals a bit too often. Johnny, I'm sure you do the same with the League of Ireland, mm. but there's always somebody questioning Oh, he took too many steps. Mm. Oh, the keeper's off his line. Did he like, foul fit Simon? What's wrong with these people? Oh, did, I don't understand. No, he did not. Because like, like, but brilliant. if he didn't, then why is Fitz Simon's? Yeah, like, he did. He did. He did. He, he did that, he, if that he, happened he, to you, if that no. if he'd done that, if that was no. a dub doing that to me, you'd be like, ah, that's ridiculous. No, mm. no absolutely not. Jack McCarron's behind Michael Fitzsimons. He reaches across him. He gets a paw on the ball. It goes by him. Sure, Fitzsimons has felt contact. But this is intercounty football. It's a contact sport. Mm. It actually is a very, very un-Dublin-like trait for Mix Fitzsimons to hit the ground and on his knees, instead of chasing Jack McCann, look looks at the ref yeah. with his hands. Yeah. If you're a is defender and you do that, like, if you're a defender and you do that, I've seen that in a couple of League of Ireland games this year, if you're, if you're a defender and it looks kind of 50-50 at best and you gesture to the referee as you're kind of, like, running back, it just doesn't look, it's not a good look. No, and you're gone, like, and, like, the... The dubs have set the standards and, and made them so high in Gaelic games for the last seven or eight years. They're gone. This is a different Dublin team now. And they have to learn. The likes of Brian Fenton, Brian Howard, Niall Scully, who I mentioned earlier on, they had never lost a game in championship up to last year before. Their intercounty careers had been unbelievable. They'd been so successful. It had been a freak, really. And they have to learn now about how to deal with perhaps teammates who aren't operating at the level that the six-in-a-row dubs were. Um, teammates that are probably learning their trade a little bit as the games are going on that are making mistakes and now you're even seeing the lads with their 8 or 9 Alarna medals the Mick Fitzsimons of the world doing things that are totally uncharacteristic I love the finish I just thought the the oh, technique at the, and you could, the, the way he hit it it was like this is 100% going in he's so full of oh, confidence yeah. here and Johnny I, I've, I've seen I was very lucky to go to college it was a year behind Jack McCarron in college so I got to watch him training and in, in college games I live close to Monaghan, so I actually went to watch Curran, his club or intermediate club, playing a, a league game against Dunamine, a random game one day, just to go and see him playing. He was destroyed with cruciate injuries in his early 20s. Mm. This is a fella that if we had seen him, if he was in another county or if we had seen more of him when he was younger coming through, everyone would be talking about Jack McCarron for the last five or six, seven years. An unbelievable footballer. And Monaghan have been crying out for the likes of himself and Conor McCarthy to stand up alongside Conor McManus over the last little while. Jared, like just a note about Monaghan. They're in division. They were in division three 
in 2013 they won Division 3 in 2013 they won Division 2 in 2014 they had their Ulster titles in 2013 and 15 they've been in Division 1 since 2015 it's an incredible run for a county like that what's their, what's their ambition this year Tommy? Man, like to be honest Johnny like you're saying the Dubs are 3-1 Kerry are the out and out favourites but like Kerry have not this Kerry team have not done it yet defensively there's going to be huge pressure on Kerry mm. so genuinely this All-Ireland it's like being back in 2010 when Cork and Down were in the All-Ireland final it's back to that stage in Gaelic games. It's open for seven or eight teams mm. to actually go and do it this year. I genuinely believe that. Man, I'm forty to one. Yeah, I know totally. Like, I think um, so. I think the clerk can say no. Monaghan will never win in all Ireland, but it's days like this to keep us going. I'm like, what? I mean, what? They were look how close they are to Tyrone. Mm. Why did Tyrone think he can win in all Ireland? Because Tyrone have won in all Ireland. But before that original great team came along, Tyrone got as close. They got a little bit closer. In fairness, there was a, a, a little bit more of, of reaching all Ireland finals and blowing big leads against Kerry in the eighties. But there's no reason why any team who is a Division One team this year isn't thinking win four games, win four successive games, and then all of a sudden everything is up for yeah. grabs. No, absolutely, absolutely. I have a feeling that I've allowed our performance rankings to go way over time here, haven't we? Well, we've got some more stuff yeah. to get into. So next, we'll be brief on this. One. Next in the red is uh, OTB YouTubers. What's this, Johnny? <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was, I was genuinely delighted with the Willie Mullins interview because, like, when I step in um, to Jared's shoes, um, you know, it's 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 an impossible task, shall we say? So I'm here on Friday interviewing Willie Mullins. I don't know when I'd last. I don't know. If we, he's never been on the show before, and uh, never for a feature interview, no. No, not 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 for a feature interview, and um, he was in. I thought he was in great form, and I, I was like delighted with the interview. And then it was just just like there were two or three comments at Max on YouTube afterwards, and one of them was like basically saying, "Ah, oh, the one day Jerry's away, there one week Jerry isn't there, and it's Willie Mullins had the potential to be an insightful and interesting interview, asking Willie about his son's love life, missing an inverted comma, I presume, and he only has one son. Life, absolute cringe." And then I was like, well, it was just a throwaway comment at the end of the show. And some people don't really care. They're more interested in, I mean, <laughs> you know, Lena Carberry last night, she wins the, the Dancing with the Stars. People like, they like that stuff. They like seeing stuff that isn't at the racetrack. Just made a comment, you know, I think some people in race will know what I was on about. Willie responded in a good manner and, you know, it just made me, put, me, put, cringe, put, me, put me down, put me down. Absolute cringe. The only Johnny, way, the go on, Tommy. No, I just want to tell you, like Johnny, with all the with all the bad, there's always a good as well. Is, is Niall mm. Sheehan a buddy of yours? Is he in one of your WhatsApp groups? Don't think so. Good interview by Johnny. Uh, that's Niall have to say on YouTube. So with all good you know, solid six out of ten. Bad. That's you can't do. Yeah. You know, you know. <laughs> it was one of the interviews, though, Ger, that it was like this could be four hours, and uh, I think Willie would still be bringing up a lot of the stuff from the past and all that was great. Like, but uh, ultimately, it was about his son's love life. Well, that's all people are going to take away from it. Fair enough. So, uh, I love that stuff, by the way, because Holly Doyle and uh, Tom Marquand got married. Two leading jockeys in Britain got married the weekend. People love that. They love that salacious stuff. If the Daily Mail did stuff and the love lives of jockeys and everyone in racing, racing would be all over it. I don't give a, I don't give a toss about it, but people do. And um, that was context behind me. me all right. And uh, you can... You can leave a comment in the YouTube stream this morning <laughs> if you want to rate Johnny Absolute cringe. That would be great. Absolute cringe. Hashtag. We can get that trending. Uh, people will think it's about Will Smith, but actually it's <laughs> about you. Uh, right. The women's rugby team, right? They are in amber because not quite sure what to make about this. There's still a bit of a honeymoon period around Greg McWilliams, the new head coach, who obviously is a, a new broom, hopefully sweeping clean everything that happened in the uh, under the previous regime where, of course, we failed to qualify for the World Cup. There was a record crowd. 
and yet the performance fell short. Up with about 10 minutes left on the clock and then concede two late tries and Wales end up winning the game. Bear in mind, Wales have qualified for the World Cup and so they're going one direction and we seem to be going the other direction. But we did hammer the Welsh last year. So mm. that's why they're in orange. It's like green shoots of encouragement, but you lose a home game in the Six Nations. You can't be, you definitely can't be in the green. There's probably a shout yeah. for them to be in the red, but it is still a little bit of a honeymoon period and it looked like the, the, the rugby journalists who were covering the game are saying they're seeing signs of improvement. Yeah, like, Joe, with this one, it's a funny one, because I was asking as well, like, were, were Wales favourites going into this? And, and seemingly they marginally were, but they had lost six straight Six Nations games in a row. Um, but I think the main context here is that where Irish women's rugby is possibly coming from and the, and the fallout that we had pre-Christmas, Welsh rugby are after having had 12 professional contracts in the last, uh, the last couple of months. So they're clearly on a high. As you said, they're going to the World Cup. This game all turned because it was all going so well. This game all turned in that spell where Ema Constantine got that with Simbind and uh, those two late tries came. So it feels like a real sucker punch to get at the start of the Six Nations because um, the, the, by all accounts the crowd was incredible and the buzz around the team was was starting to get going around here. So hopefully they can keep it going throughout the Six Nations and sustain that. I think that that, that crowd is definitely a positive as well because... Um We've seen uh, the the buzz that has taken on with the the Irish national team in football, and I'm sure some of the the rugby players feel like, well, we're kind of being left behind here because we just it hasn't it hasn't seemed to capture that interest so much. And there were over six thousand in Donnybrook, which is mm-hmm. I know it was a beautiful weekend, but by all accounts, really good buzz at the game as well. And um, I I think as a player that that'll give them. That'll give them massive encouragement going forward as well, that this is something that we can really build on because, I mean, the problems in women's rugby have been well documented at this stage, but it hasn't, you know, in the last few years, it hasn't nearly kind of reached, reached its potential. OTBIM is brought to you live each morning by Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. Every week we're giving away a Gillette Labs shaving kit to be with a chance of winning. Let us know who you think should make the Gillette Labs performance rankings. Best place to enter is the Off The Wall Instagram page. You'll see the comments box in our story there. Or you can also get in touch with us however you want this morning at Off The Ball AM on Twitter. GA coverage in green, Tommy. This is your baby. You were out and about. You were watching it on the TG Car app and you thought that this was a vision for what life could actually be like every weekend for us. If only we had the right championship structures. <laughs> oh my God, just imagine. And the thing is, that's the mo- That's the best weekend of the GA and calendar apart from pff, probably the all the final. I'll, I'll have to give it that. Or maybe the all semi semi-finals. It's, it's over already and it's, it's March. Um, first of all, TG Carr Nemeton DV, incredible stuff. The red zone yesterday that we got for the Gaelic football was sensational for Division One. I had I was away last weekend, so I hadn't seen. Apparently, they did it with the hurling. All I could see was people giving out about it. I was like, how can anyone be giving out that you're being kept up to date with around three or four different grounds during the GEA? This little bit of innovation. Sure, maybe they didn't nail it, but how could they be giving out? Seemingly, people are saying that the hurling was too fast and they couldn't possibly give enough context every time they moved to another ground. If that was the case last week, I don't know. This week, it was absolutely incredible. There was one spell in the first half where Monaghan goal, cross over to, to Donegal Armagh, goal. Cross over, we get word from Tyrone Kerry that there's a goal down there. And then there was a goal as well in, in, in Mayo and Calais. Like, it was just class. You had the table changing the whole way through. There was jeopardy on the line throughout. Every game went down to the wire. They didn't have cameras that carry Tyrone. So we hear that David Clifford has scored an absolute worldie, but we don't know what it is. Um, so there's a bit of frustrations around that. So like it was just absolutely class year. Like as well as that, like the app was brilliant. I was, ha- I was on the move yesterday. It was a beautiful day. I didn't want to stay stuck in on a Sunday 
in the sitting room, you know, with the games on. I could have done that, but I was able to do it on my phone, watching them uh, in the car as, as we, were, we were on the move yesterday and uh, stay, on, stay on top of all the games. I may not have been great company, but, uh, you know, got to stay on top of all the football. It was brilliant. And it just gave a glimpse of what we could have because while all of that was great, in Division 2, you had teams getting relegated and going up and down. That kind of got drowned out. Like Cork and Offaly was an incredible game. Mm. 47 scores in that game. Niall McNamee, um, 36. Unbelievable, Johnny. But like mm. that game kind of got drowned out because of the drama in Division 1. Mm. In Division 3, all eight teams had something to play for. So like, imagine that they had spread it out, that they went Division 1, Division 2 on the on the Sunday, Division 3 and 4 on the Saturday. The biggest first of the weekend was that Leitrim and Sligo on the Sunday was allowed to become a dead rubber. That game should have been a promotion shootout in a sold-out Markovich Park. One of the biggest events of those players probably next two or three years in Gaelic football and it was ended up being a dead rubber and actually the worst part of it is that within that being a dead rubber two of the key players both got sent off for either side so they might end up missing their, their first round championship game so what a waste uh, in some regards Jared but um, I kind of thought the GA coverage would be an orange it just gave us a glimpse of, of what we could have imagine we had this as our championship Ah look and yeah. I think another point just to be made is what TG Carr does in terms of what you can do with limited, limited, limited resources as opposed to what you can do with almost limitless resources and the contrast in that, I think it's just a, it's a national treasure of a channel, I really do, and they're yeah. constantly kicking it. Like they're, yeah, I, I, we, we I, should compare and contrast what RTE does. We should stop pussyfooting around this. What what TG Carr does versus what RTE does is chalk and cheese because TG Carr is far more innovative and far more creative. It has to be. Well, it has right. to be, but it is. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. Mm. You, you could, like, RTE could be innovative and creative in their approach to things. But for whatever reason, whatever the blockage is that prevents them from doing what TG Carr does, they are light years behind. And that, they shouldn't be. And they should be held to account for that. Because it's yeah. they're the ones getting the massive, the, the bulk of our uh, of the taxpayers' funding through the licence fee. Yeah. It's do, look, it's, it's doing an order to service to the, to the game that's there and the potential it has to grow. Because this summer, there really isn't that much else on to compete with it. Sure, there's a rugby tour of New Zealand. There's no World Cup until the Christmas. Next year, there's there's no summer big soccer tournament. Like the GEA, hurling of football should be taking centre stage. And in a lot of ways, they'll just about get by because people are mad about it. So they will watch and listen to whatever they can. But the Talchon Cup, if it's treated the way Division 4 was treated at the weekend, if that open goal is missed, like, I don't understand how they plan to to get coverage for it or how they plan to put it centre stage or give it the justice it deserves for it to flourish I, and for I, it, it I, to become I, a viable competition I have to say Tommy so I, get, I get a great kick out of watching um, inter-county stuff um, at a lower level and like seeing what you, you see some of the photos of the Offaly players after the game yesterday Niall McNamee at 36 the performance he was given and again mm. the game and the, the, the narrative behind Cork where you know they were potentially getting relegated and what that game meant a really really entertaining game Fair enough, neither of them is going to win in All-Ireland this year. And in terms of the Talchon Cup, going forward, like that, a second-tier competition, it will grow into something that means something. Because, like, as you say, like Leitrim and Sligo, that, that could have been a game that meant a lot. And it's, it's not all about Dublin and Mayo or Kerry and Throne. Like, there's, if you get two teams that have something to play for at a, at a lower level, it can be very, very compelling. And I, I just hope the Talchon Cup isn't, you know, isn't, isn't seen as this disparaging thing. Yeah. No, uh, like uh, one thing, like we we've seen, we see David Clifford at the end of games now, and kids 
running mm. over to him like I was in Tralee the last day before the referee's blowing the full time whistle there's a horde of, of kids under the age of about 12 or 13 sprinting onto the pitch before the whistle is gone I actually think there was another 30 seconds to play in that game and he was just like there's no point <laughs> Clifford was already swarmed by kids mm. and you're seeing even the dubs yesterday after they got relegated they're still on the pitch signing autographs mm. and Clonus I got word that even in Leitrim this year for the first time in a long time kids are hanging back to ask their players because there's a buzz around football in the county. Will they sign autographs? Will they take photos? You know, there are stars in the game that are playing at lower levels, lower divisions. They just need to be put forward into the spotlight. Samuel Roy caught the eye this year for loud. People have been talking about him a little bit. We've seen so little of the likes of Samuel Roy. Mm. Keith Burns scored two sidelines for Leitrim a couple of weeks ago. If, if a player had done that in Division 1, two sidelines with the left boot, I think it's actually his wrong foot. Like, they'll be talked about it until the cows come home. So all we need is actually those games to be put up. Put it up on YouTube on Tuesday. Put it up after the highlight shows. Put it up and allow people to go and watch it. Put short clips up on, on TikTok. There's loads of great, you know, young uh, GA kids. Like, when, when you're a teenager back in the day, you might have started a blog or something like that. There's loads of kids now setting up GA highlights uh, um, channels on TikTok. Just on that, on that point, yeah, sorry to, to totally interrupt you here, but like we, we have this because as Jarrah said at the start of the show, he has an Achilles problem, we're getting old, I'm 40 this year, so we think TV, TV, TV. Galway United have 55,000 TikTok followers, right? Wow. And you see at Galway United games, there are all of these kids going to games, like basically 16, 17 year olds I've never seen before. And if you, if you, you social media is now massive for little clips of say, mm. like all these players that like wouldn't necessarily get the exposure, social media can, can bring that little clips of the those sidelines that you're talking about can make these players into heroes like and, and make mm. them viral. Oh, 100% Johnny. That's so interesting. I didn't realise going United had 55,000 mm. TikTok views. But these are open goals that are there. And like... Right. They're talking about it, NFTs. It's how young people they're are like, consuming sorry, it. Do you know what I mean? But they're, they're talking about NFTs and potentially investing in that regard. I don't know enough about that to be able to give out that much about it. But it doesn't make sense to me that you wouldn't get your own house in order with, you know, these various channels that are open that are there mm. the Talchon Cup it needs to be given the coverage any bit of coverage whatever about fixing the Division 4 Division 3 Division 2 coverage at the weekend the Talchon Cup needs to be we need to be shown what's going to happen here what is the plan for this they should give the rights to that summer. to TikTok instead of anybody else <laughs> right let's go anybody. on uh, Irish football is in the green after a 2 all draw with the world number one this is at a, a sold out Aviva um, a late header against Belgium in the early stages of a, a campaign I mean, for some people, it's it's definitely you guys are blank stares. Uh, Frank Staples yes. scored to equalise <laughs> with a flying header I'm against old. against the Belgians, who at that stage had just finished in the '86 World Cup in the top four and had been beaten by they were beaten in the semi final by Maradona. Um, I was like, this is a this is a good omen for Stephen Kenny. We can begin to dream after this, right? I was I thought it was really really positive again. And, um, do you know the, the the funny thing about this game was the the concession of the second goal jar I thought was uh, it was so un Irish. I mean they they could have a two if not three free headers for the corner. Um, the first goal Stephen Kenny said like was he was kind of saying oh that's an avoidable goal from our perspective. I think. That was a bit less so. It was, it was a bit of a one-on-one with James Coleman and it's a really good finish. Kelleher can't do anything about it. But other than that, Belgium... And uh, Fair enough, it's a second-string Belgium team. More, more to the point, like, 
they're not 100% at it. Um, and it's, you know, played in front of 50,000 in Ireland. So, you know, it, it wasn't Belgium enough from Belgian performance. But they didn't really create that much. They had one other chance off the top of my head that um, kind of last-ditch Irish defending. And a lot of Ireland at the moment is this beautiful marriage of old Ireland and uh, new Ireland. But, I mean, I, I just, you know what, I, I think my favourite... My my two favourite passages in that game did not end up in a goal at all. Um, one of them was Jeff Hendricks' pass to Jason Knight, which was absolutely glorious. And Jason Knight then kind of was in a tough one-on-one. I think Benny was coming into the box and he was in two minds and it, it kind of fizzled out, but it wasn't Jason Knight's fault. Quality of the pass from Hendrick. J- like, Hendrick has played four or five years for Ireland for Kenny came in and he's been completely anonymous and to just see him being able to show that beautiful beautiful world class pass nearly led to a goal the second one was um, Robinson's flick that should have resulted in a goal early in the second half from James McLean's shot James McLean the, the effort he puts in is phenomenal but that, ball, that goal was set up by Seamus Coleman who's a centre back winning the ball back roughly 25 yards from the other goal dinking this lovely ball into the box I was just so much positive about it. And then to see Ogbeni, this young kid from Cork who's just exploded onto the scene, playing League One. Like, he's playing League One. He's Not for wing, long, yeah. Wing back in League One, but that's mm. where he's at. And he came through the League of Ireland, so on and so forth. And, like, Tommy's on about the kids on the pitch. Like, Ogbeni has become an absolute hero to so many kids in Ireland now who look up to him, see this beautiful smile, and see him saying to the world, just because we're Irish doesn't mean we, can, we can't play football, we can't be really good technically, we can't get overhead goals. And um, I, was just, I was buzzing after the game. It's a two-all draw and a friendly, but I was buzzing after the game. Yeah. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take much from the like I spoke about this Saturday. Like we're at such a low ebb, we're such a low ebb, and I have been to games like where Ireland have won. But Cardiff comes to mind under Martin O'Neill, where it's just like I I'm not enjoying this anymore. I don't care. I don't care if we win. We have to change what we're doing here. And to think like Stephen Kenny, if you talk about the Nadir of the of the Luxembourg game twelve months ago, if he'd gotten the sack, and and fair enough, the FAI did stick by him. But if if he had gotten the sack or we'd moved on. Like we could be just back to square one here again, where we, we've you have to give managers time, and fair enough, mm. the twelve months were generally poor, and there was a, a lot of it. Like was like, where are we going here? Will this ever work out? But you just see the players and the, the the body language of the players, because I think the players themselves were downtrodden. When you come in and a coach is telling you you're not good enough to do this, just try and get a one-all draw. It's not good enough anymore, and I'm just delighted to see that the players, the 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 the, the, the belief in themselves that he's inculcated in players who might not even be necessarily doing it at club level like Hendrick um, it's wonderful to see and I'm delighted for him as well yes yeah. okay anything else to add to this we're going to talk with Matt Holland a little bit later on no no but just oh, oh, Benny it's, it's just the magic that Johnny's talking about there that's that's what we need we need Irish footballers capturing the imagination and that is one fella who's done it like the boy's going to kick even the way that that whole move for the second goal Doherty does brilliantly I think but oh, Benny keeps it in picks out Brown what a moment! I know it's only a friendly, but like class. But like when I was when I was a kid, I remember Ireland friendlies. Like I remember games against Germany, Holland. Obviously, the game that was called off as a road against England. Like as a young kid, I didn't care it was a friendly. Like it meant mm. so much to me. And I think young kids watching that game uh, on Saturday, and I'm just thinking of these kids who want to play football for Ireland. They don't care if it was a friendly, and it it felt like a friendly in one respect. But in other words, in in other ways, you're coming off the pitch. That could have been. A, we had friendlies like under previous regimes, horrific nil all draws with no chances, and it was. 
was it was literally friendlies to to get a to get a result. Yeah. And now, yeah. Uh, well, what I love as well, lastly, is the fact that they obviously went behind twice and probably on XG should have won the game. What was Kenny's line? Was it if we had played a low block, it would have been just a slow death? Slow death. Yeah. And and that's that's it. Like because you know the first half an hour you're watching this, and you're like we are under a lot of pressure here. But you do get spells. And in fairness to Nathan Murphy, I will give him this. I think he was absolutely clairvoyant on this. He said if the game is kind of plodding along and going nowhere, and the atmosphere wasn't that great in the first half an hour, just put Thierry on me in the big screen, and it actually did change the game. It did. Ireland Magic. just started to play after that. And poor old Andy Barry was probably like, why are they booing me? Yeah, no, I, we, I, 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 was, I, I went to Belgium. I did a great job. Oh, it's, it's on me. Well, I mean, they probably were booing him because of the reporting around the no-brainer comments. No, I don't think they were. I think there's a little bit of that. No, no, they were booing nah. Andy. I mean, booing obviously, Thierry, obviously, obviously they're booing Thierry Henry, but I think that there's a little bit of collateral damage where when you break up with somebody, you're supposed to stay stumped. <laughs> No, I, you no, say you I, say they were great. Oh, one of the one of the best lovers I ever had. Really great, really great, absolutely. Well, great. I wouldn't wouldn't go that far. I mean, no. but but my, my missus says to me, she's like, are they booing Thierry already? Like, if they, uh, seriously, have they not gotten over that? I was like, no, no, we haven't. We have not. <laughs> have we got over Thierry Henry? That is the burning question uh, this morning. Uh, Ronan wants to know after Will slapped Chris at the Oscars, best out of the blue sporting slaps. I'm I, I'm struggling to think of anything like. I've got. Oh, uh, uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, Stephen Cluckson, Jason Mackett here. Oof. What was that? They were playing. That was a charity match. A charity five sides, and uh, who decked who? Cluckson decks Mackett here. <laughs> I actually cannot think of two different people in the world in terms of loquaciousness and all of that. So what happened? I I think Mackett here probably not made or something. Did he? Yeah, I, I, I actually... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either, Johnny. We're going to have to go look it up. It's years ago. Can we find it? Nearly back as far as Frank Sapelin's go. Uh, can we do it like... Mackett here's a, lo- a lovely fella and does yeah. not deserve to be decked by anybody. No, I, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not saying... Can we do half the screen is like Will Smith, half the screen is Mackett and Cluxon and just has it happens at the same time. There is, there was, look there, it up after. Jason Mackett called 10 years ago. Jason Mackett called on Hardman Cluxon to apologise for punch-up. <laughs> There was footage of it, though. I missed that. We, we... Speaking on News Talk's off-the-ball program last night, McAteer failed to elaborate on what actually happened during the game, but apologised for his role in the incident and suggested that the Dublin keeper should do the same. Yeah. I, I, thought, we should... did, I thought we'd footage of this, no? I think there was. He... There was. I don't know if there was footage, but I, don't, I remember seeing photographs. Brian Clough, Deck and Roy Keane had to be kind of entertaining as well. Yeah. So again, I'm not condoning it. I don't think a manager should be hitting his players. No. Can I keep going with the McAteer quote here? Go on. He should show some humility and maybe apologise rather than make out that he is a hard man. We know Stephen has a history of getting sent off. He was sent off in that Im- infamous incident where he led a lot of people down in Dublin and it probably cost him in Earl Ireland. I just feel it was a stupid thing he did. This is obviously before Cluxon kicks the winner a few months later. Just just briefly, we're, we're again, we're going way over the time here and we're deviating. Any repercussions from the um, scuffle that Mad Only Goals off? Uh, I'm sure it'll be a pick and mix of suspensions, Johnny. Uh, they couldn't pick out anyone apparently last night on, on like Sunday. So we'll, mm. we'll hear from the CCCCCCC on Tuesday night. And what about the red cards at this stage of the season? Do they matter? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, So I've no idea what happened in the Division 4 games, but if those straight red cards are upheld, both those players are going to miss uh, Leitrim's clash against London and Sligo's um, trip to New York. So, two key players. So, it's it's hard to know. Now, the thing with, with GA uh, legalities, there's a million loopholes. Queeveen so. uh, says, where is Owen up Tyrone? Uh, Queeveen, he's in the queue for Bergheim. We're still wondering yeah, if, he's, still. if he's got in or not. It's... Um, 
you know uh, uh, Michael says Monaghan have had Dublin's number for some time I mean true have they really though <laughs> like, oh it's been like draw 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 I think in the last three league games yeah okay two, but two I mean uh, did they meet in the championship when um, big game yesterday for, for it was a big game and absolutely not take anything away from them but like let's see you do it in Croker lads in a, in a championship knockout game and Shifty Lad says the league should be linked to the All-Ireland forget the provinces imagine the top six in Division 1 going through Dubs will be out at this stage we're not going back to plan B because uh, we had that conversation we did, we did our bit and we failed and we're sorry for letting you down you are kind of looking at, at yesterday though and as Tommy says the drama that was going on and like you know the, the, the smaller counties in, in 10 or 20 it's years so time, self-evident it's, it's going so to be obvious it's, but it is, it is in terms of like tradition and, and in terms of what should happen it is edging ever closer to some sort of league not I think it it's is not. I, it's I, not it's I, I last words. Last word on this because way over. One Leinster County voted for proposal B. The wrong folks have the vote. Mm. Thirteen minutes past eight this morning. That is this week's Gillette Labs performance rankings. OTBAN's performance rankings with Gillette. OTBAN with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. 